Welcome back to episode three, season two of Talking Dairy City. Everywhere we go, uh, I'm joined here with Kate McLaughlin as usual. We're we're in the the journal office, back in the journal office, and it's the sweltering heat here. That ain't oh, there's a sweltering heat instead of me having a cold sweat. Come back in the dairy journal office, I'm absolutely just roasting. We're in this absolute sauna bath that is the journal office here. Well, as well, folks, we're we're back. Obviously, talking here Monday night. We're recording on the back of uh, no no fairly maybe drab stalemate at, at Sligo. We're, we're still unbeaten after two games. <laughs> uh, that's a positive. A clean sheet. Uh, I look, it wasn't a great game. We know what ourselves. First half was very disappointing. Just too much passing, slow build up, but was disappointing. Second half up the ante. Probably could have nicked it by some of the chances. Uh, Daniel Kelly's a big one. Uh, Mickey Duff had a great effort. It was blocked wide. Mm. But I think probably... All in all, Mill Mill was probably a fair result. Uh, neither team probably did enough to get the victory. And look, I suppose from last year, it's a point gained because last year's performances down there were shocking. And uh, it was better. There was more. You could see the players were rolled the sleeves up, which they talked about all week. They knew they had the. Pat Hooten was pretty quiet. That's credit to Slego. And at the, the opposite end, I thought Sam Todd coming on the centre half alongside Connolly was superb. Like, so, no, look. No, no, it's a fair result. Move on to the next one. Basically, I think that's the way you describe it. Definitely, considering like the like recent matches down there, like we lost twice down there last season as well. It's well documented. Like, and I think it's the last. I'm on the last five. Is it the last five or six at the, at the showgrounds too? So they were expected to be, as you say, roll the sleeves up, an ugly game, and that wasn't pretty. As 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 we've seen, there wasn't a lot of chances uh, created by either team. You know, so. It was a great, great travelling support came down. They just weren't served up that entertainment as well, too. But as you say, Kev, you just get out of there with a point intact. You've still got, you know, you haven't gone too bad against Drahada and Sligo your first two games. That's where we were slipping up last season. Where it's not so bad. No, I don't press the panic button just yet. Exactly. Eh? And it's one of them, too, where you're looking at, you know, Nobody in the league has won two games, you know what I mean? Mm. That just tells you how, I know we're all saying it and everybody really is and people are following the league for years or saying the same thing. It really is going to be that tight this year and this is no disrespect to UCD and I know I'll get stuck from me, UCD connected <laughs> again, but there isn't going to be a UCD this season. There's not going to be a team that's going to get drafted mm. way off at the bottom and expect them to be gone. So, and you've seen it with the results, like God, we went to the dock. And Batherton, yeah. I, I seen that. It looks like they, they won two and could have won a bit more. The Waterford? Waterford was it's, phenomenal. Yeah, that surprised like, me. It was an unbelievable result. And Kevin Doherty's interview after it. We started well over 20 minutes, but the game last night, they, you mm. know, that sort of says it all. They get blown away by Waterford. So, you know... Three, three of those, the Waterford guys in the team of the week as well, too, which I, says it all as well. well. They, they have a decent squad there. Well, Rennie is obviously working away at these set plays because Darren <laughs> Leahy comes out with the back post, Aye. scored one, set one up, you know what I mean? It was like a case of, could it not have happened at the rather when it was there, frankly, mind. I'm picking a lot away from Keith Long, too, to be fair, the two of them would have been on. But it was, like, it was defenders coming in and getting goals or setting goals up to at the back piece, hmm. back post there, so they're working on things, so... That just tells you everybody's doing something and, and it's working. And look, it's going to be tight. You've seen Shelburne getting the result, fantastic result against Rovers. Watched that game tight. It was very, very good. Shelburne started like a house on fire and got there. Got the, and front should have been probably 3 0, missed a penalty and scored two. Rovers, credits brought on Graham Burke, changed the game and probably deserved a point, to be brutally honest. They, they played some decent stuff again on a very, very, very bobbly talk apart. 
But listen, I, I, I know we're going to talk about pitches and whatever else, right. but people have to realise we're in Ireland. You know what I mean? It's February. It's, February, yeah. it's going to be bad pitches. You're not going to get half decent pitches to end of May. Look, looking at it from where we were, no, it doesn't no. look too bad. But as Mark Connolly said afterwards, you know, when you're yeah, on it. You're on it, it was, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. But what I would say to that same is, having been down at the Friendly over the weeks prior to, that was like a failure table on Saturday night. Like the, right, pitch, right. the, the pitch in the Friendly, where there were stacks of goals and it was madness at mm. me. The pitch was poor, yes, but let me tell you, no disrespect, you're going to talk it's going to be poor. People were saying that Tala, Shamrock Rovers and Docker pitches a wee bit dodgy. Now, you know, it's, it's just the weather, you're on the yeah. climate. So I think we just have to accept what the way the pitches are going to be and get on with it. And I think everybody's saying, stop talking about pitches. <laughs> the 3G pitches is grass pitches. Uh, we're still, exactly. we're being a wee bit DNB this year. So we, we are, are. but it, it has a factor, like, you know, it has a factor in... in on the way that the football's been played, obviously there's a lot of factors. Teams are just getting under their rhythm too. You know, it's the second game in the league, so you have to have you know be a wee bit patient in that regard. But I suppose what overshadowed everything, came on in, in terms of Derry City, was the the injuries in, in the first half. Just that four or five minute period, we lost Patrick McAlhenney, uh and then Cameron Dummigan, two two of our key players who missed a, a lot of last season, and we just. Uh, we're just hoping that that's not going to be a, a recurring theme this year again. No, that's up. And uh, I'm actually blaming Gareth McLean and Eric White <laughs> for these injuries and the result. Because I was sitting beside Gareth and Eric doing the commentary in foil, and Gareth was mentioning that Derry having Mark Connolly, Cameron Dummigan, and Patrick McElhinney and the team, and yes. now adding Pat Hoban is brilliant. Within 20 seconds, bang, bang, the two of them's off. And then Eric White, 10 minutes into the second half, says, well, we haven't been a 0-0 in the league this season. Oh, so I just looked at Gary Perry and says, right, that was that's not And we finally report now and go on, and we both laugh. So, uh, look, the injuries absolutely killed the enemy momentum. Mm. Uh, and it's, 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 look, it's not good. There's no two ways about it. It's two big players, and it's players that you were hoping pre-season they were going well, they were getting minutes on their belt. Fats in particular had played so many games. Yeah. Uh, I know a few people are sort of sending us messages on social media and talking about the injuries and talking about the pitch should Patrick been brought back early. Listen, he played at Bally Buffet, which was an absolute mud heap. That game mm. actually shouldn't have took place, to be brutally honest with you. But they, they played it, he played in that. He trained as Uriah Lulsday in the interview we also after the game. He trained all week running. Then he, he mucked him with a, with a team for a couple of days. So he was fit. There was yeah. nothing. It's just one of them things that just happened. Fire injury or groin injury or what it is, we don't know. Like it's it's just it's a different injury as what Rui had says this. Yeah. So look, there, there's nothing you can do. I, I, I'm not having this. He shouldn't have started on the bad pitch. That's, no, that, that, that's not the case. He was fine, good to go, and it just backfired. Hundred percent. I think that that argument, I and mean, you see a lot of it in social media. You have to remember too, the player behind it. That, that sort of like like Fats would be devastated. Like no Fats that that he's that he's out for an hour, but he was he was wasn't obviously. Uh, he was he probably felt that he could have played against Drogheda, but it was uh, you know the, he was given the medical advice just they 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 leave it a week because there was no point risking it. Like, uh, now big games coming up against Pats and Rovers, he would have had an eye and nose. He wants to be involved in those games because you know nobody wants to win the league title for Derry more than, than fast does like and, and especially the home the home guys Mickey Duffy and that too. So I think that the the argument that you don't don't risk him is a wee bit non void because. He has, as you mentioned, he was ready, he was fit and ready to go. I actually spoke to him when we were head, heading down before he, he, he headed down the road. 
and he couldn't wait to get on it. Like Cam and, and Mickey Duffy were, 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 I met them in the shop just heading down, and he couldn't wait to get involved. But he also had the wee eye on those two games coming up. Well, look, this is exactly it. You know what I mean? These, the, the two games coming up are, are massive holidays and Pats and, and Rovers and ones away, ones at home, packed houses, and both games, both live and TV. Hmm. So, look, it's big games. You have well, to remember that that's a human aspect of exactly. it too. Like, you know, it's going to be gutted. Like, yeah, so, 100%. You know, Cam and Dumbigan to see him. There's no doubt about it. You know, Cam just looked as if it was nothing. It was like a wee bit of a pull, but he seemed to go over his ankle. And, yeah. and you know, at that, that that potentially, we don't know, because as I know you were speaking to your area, both of them are going for scans. That potentially looks to be a, a worse injury than, than what Fats is. Hopefully I'm wrong on the two right. we're grand on my back on Friday night, but you know what I mean? Well, that, that looked a bit more serious. It definitely did. Like I know a, a, a baby Cameron Dummy again, I think it's it's not as, as as bad as first feared anyway. I think that's the they obviously they're we're speaking on Monday evening and, and they've they've gone for scans on Monday today, so uh they'll not probably find out the full extent until tomorrow. Probably but, but before before, uh, yeah, you know, and before probably this, this goes there like, as well yeah, through yeah. the podcast. But uh, initial thing, it's not it's not as bad as first feared with right, right, Cameron Dummigan. Now it could, I don't, he's not going to be out long term as, as we're led to believe. Um, but but it could be a, a, a couple of weeks, maybe a few weeks. As um, we'll, we'll see, we'll know more about that. I think with, with Patrick, a lot of people th- saying as you're saying, it shouldn't have been risked for Sligo. He was ready to go. The pitch probably did have a bit of an impact on it. It was a bobbly pitch. It wasn't conducive for it, like, but and it was a, a battle down there. But um, I, I don't like. It's a different injury that he's picked up. It's not the the. Uh, he was struggling with a groin injury. It's yeah. a it's a, it's a different injury. So uh, you know, I don't think any the, the blames they be laid in anybody's door for that. It was it's just unfortunate. That's exactly it, you know, and. and as I say, everybody was sort of hoping uh, that, you know, the two of them in particular, but particular fats because he had done the operation for the two Achilles, right. he came back brilliantly, he, like we'd done our interviews and he was never, never, no injury, no, feeling no pain, as I'd say, sorry, through pre-season, the first time in years, really enjoyed pre-season, fit as a fiddle, playing the majority of pre-season games, scoring, setting things up, really eager for the season to start. And it just happened. Like it was one, as you say, he could have played against Drogheda. Hmm. He just held them back and says, right, no, we'll, we'll hold you for another week. And it worked out a treat. He was fit. He'd done his sessions. He'd done everything. And then it just was unfortunate. That's just Because right. it's, it's a game too that like, you, they were expecting that ball. You expect it to be tight. It's a game that you would want Fats to be involved exactly. on too, isn't it? Like, well, that's happening. You know, he'll control the midfield. Two boys to sit in front of the mm. back four, quarterback passes from Fats to either Mickey Duffy or Paul McMullen, whoever it was, up to Pat Hoogan, and you could pick. No, so he is the ideal man to do that, and you could dummy him beside him, just came as you like, giving it the entire right. So, look, he's, he's, it's just happened because you've Diallo picking up in the pre season, mm. and now you've got these two, so you're sort of going On right the back of last season. Exactly, you're thinking now, right, who's the next man up now? But right. really, you've got three there Adam O'Reilly, Patchin, and Jordan Maganuff. They don't get me wrong. There's a lot of teams in the League of Ireland be quite happy with them three. But again, it's it's the worrying where if one of them go down, Aye. who's the next man up? Yeah, and by Luke, looking at Luke it, O'Donnell. the next man up exactly mm. looks like a Luke O'Donnell, mm. who's definitely shown in pre season. And look, you looked at uh, yesterday, Liverpool, you know, Aye. all the youngsters come on there. When you step up and you come in, you have to step up and do the business. 
I was slightly more disappointed that Liverpool boys did step up. Connor <laughs> Bradley, was... <laughs> no, I don't mind him. Good no, 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 he he was... a few times about the, the, the Floyd Cup boys, who's a good lad. Right. So there was a bit of me going, ah, no, I don't mind that. But then it was just like, and he's and he's shown too that he can get stuck in as well too. Well, enough like, so, well, about Liverpool, exactly. But uh, <laughs> we we did put a a wee call out for some uh, some questions from fans. Like injuries was top of the list, was it? Well, one boy was saying injuries again, two games on the season. Pat, your football man, your big Arsenal man, I know you for years with Mickey at all, whatever your muckers with him. These things happen. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just there's nothing you can do. These things happen. Richie Tone has hilariously come out with a great question asking what month do we think Derry will wrap the league title? I like, I like it, Richie. I like the optimism, but uh, we'll just next question. <laughs> uh, so there are a few sort of a flavour of what a few of them have sort of come on me. Uh, there's a few boys on here too. Also asking, Robert McKay was asking us about the sort of negativity amongst fans two games in. And you can, I know what he's sort of saying. People sort of have to pull a wee bit of a handbrake in my opinion here. Yeah. Two matches on, if you'd watched other games or highlights of other matches, nobody's hit the ground running. Nobody's been a world beater. Nobody's went, oh, they look class. Like, no disrespect, this time last year, I actually thought Shamrock Rovers had started very well, but just mm. didn't get a result. Yeah. When you seen their highlights, they were battering teams, but just couldn't get goals. Watching them now, the other night against Shelburne, they could have been three or four down, and they did lift the game, and, and they probably deserved the point. But they haven't had the notes yet. No. So, you know, I think everybody needs to calm down. You're unbeaten. Two matches in. Yes, the next two are massive. But it's going to be about eight or nine matches in. It's going to be the first set of fixtures. Yeah. Everybody plays it when you'll start getting a picture of, right, who's going to be what, where, when. So I think at the minute, it's handbrake time, to be honest with you. I agree with that. And, and just before we go on to our questions, I think well, it's a good time to sort of bring in Mark Conley. We spoke to him afterwards. Said exactly that. Basically, it's going to take a while to get under the rhythm. It's going to be, you look along the league and the, the results last week and the week before, there's only, there is one of five that, that they're unbeaten. Shamrock Rovers and Pats are not among those, but there's nobody that has won two, their first two games. So we'll hear about Mark Conley, his reaction to the, the Sligo game. Slight disappointment, but, but I realise him too. Yeah, listen, clean sheet. Um, we had a tough place. Uh, pitch isn't ideal. It's obviously the start of the season, so as the, as the year goes on, it will get better, but it's it's a difficult pitch to play much football on. But the boys at times roll their sleeves up. Uh, a clean sheet. Um, we move on from there. Probably just didn't do enough to win the game, but um, the attitude and application, which is it's always there from the boys, I, I thought we, um, like I said, roll their sleeves up. Uh, clean sheet, obviously. Wanted to win the football match. Wasn't to be. Um, you just make sure you don't get beaten. We didn't. Um, that's really it. Obviously, boys will think on two for Cameron and Patrick again picking up injuries. Yeah, listen, it's um, it's a difficult one. The boys just a bit of luck would be would be nice. And the, and the two boys, to be fair, um, off season, pre season, they've, they've worked worked their um, worked their socks off to to make sure they've been right. Um, and unfortunately, just that little bit of luck they're not getting two huge players uh, fingers crossed I don't know how the outcome will be of them but um, they're two boys that uh, we, we, we we want to be in our team and want to be around the squad um, 
but whatever it is, we'll uh, we'll make sure we deal with it, and uh, hopefully it won't be too long. And we're speaking to your manager and just saying to him that you know the league two games in, nobody's picked up the. Hi, listen. You've seen the results last night. It's, it's, this league this year is not going to be easy. Um, it's going to be difficult. Every team, I would imagine, is going to take points off each other. Um, I don't think many would have predicted the results that there was last night. Tonight was not an easy game. No one comes to Sligo, and uh, and it's an easy game. And, and to be fair, we, it's been a place that we've probably struggled over the last few years, and we knew it wasn't going to be easy. Again, not making excuses. The pitches. It looks alright from the side, but see when you're on it, it's, it's extremely bobbly and it's it's not nice. But um, no excuses from us. I thought we, uh, like I said, as a team, uh, Pat and, and the boys midfield and stuff, and obviously the back four and Brian, we defended stoutly. Um, I don't think they had too many chances, um, and I just thought that maybe we could have maybe picked up a, a set piece or, or, or Daniel near the end, maybe had that chance, but just wasn't to be. It was, uh, I think, I think a point's probably a, a fair result. There was doubts over your own fitness going under the game. You, you were through the wars again. Like, I, it? I was one of them things. Yeah, we uh, had a had a knock against um, Drogheda, and just the manager spoke to me on Thursday and uh, asked me how it was, and I just said, "Listen, whatever, whatever I'm needed for, um, I'll be ready." And thankfully, I got through the game. But I feel all right. It's uh, it's one of them things. It's just. Uh, Get on with it. Yeah, that's, that's really it. That was the type of game that they needed you in there as well, too, Mark. You're just experienced. Like I think you showed a co-head at the end there too, a great tackle. But, uh... I was nervous, I was to tell you. No, it's um it's it, they're not easy games. They're difficult and obviously they're attacking players. Um they've they've got a they've got a good team, so every team in the league's a good team and obviously Matt is back there, Hartman and Power going forward, they're they're a strong team and, and I knew it wasn't going to be uh, wasn't going to be easy, but to be fair, Big Sam Todd I thought was was excellent. Um, he came in and he won all his headers and defensively he was really really solid and delighted for him. But as a defender, obviously you're happy with the clean sheet. Just disappointed we didn't win the game, but we two games unbeaten um, and we we roll on to Friday against the Pats. <laughs> Mark's right, like you know, everybody just this time last year you'd, you'd suffer two defeats down there. It was good that he played, uh, because he mm. commanded with a side strain. And you know, you're sort of going, he's a big player, he knows himself, he's a big player. He summed it up in the last minute when one Wal- Fitzgerald broke through, and you're thinking, Oh, That's last minute, he just went down like brazy and just give him the ball yeah. off you and just brought him out from the back. Like he, he joked that he was panicking, exactly, he joked when he's after, he said, Oh, I was panicking, but, uh, so like as I say. When you could Sam Todd alongside him, you could see him McElhinney can go and make key mm. Defensively, Touchwood, they look solid. There's no doubt about it. And, they, and as I say, given the likes of Sam, he's he, run out. Gives him a wee bit more confidence, you know. Kept a clean sheet down in a difficult venue and mm. done the ground of place. Uh, and as I say, then you have Penn Dorney to come in. There's so many that, you know, permutations you can play at the back, which is good. And a nice head of career they have. And nice that you can change it up. Because these two games in the space of you know of winner days, you have to change the squad up. Like there's no doubt about it, and that's mm. probably what will happen. Yeah, that's why the, the injuries aren't obviously great. That for for this series of fixtures coming up, you know, but you do have a, a good sort of pull of midfielders there to select from. But with the two games in quick succession, that's where you're running on the difficulties. But 
Uh, in terms of the, the Sligo thing, I know the feeling that you would get in social media too, and, and they, they sort of add on to the question about the negativity you know, around the fans and stuff. You know, um, I, th- I think a lot of it's sort of directed at team selection and, and tactics, and that's not changing it up. Yeah, like before you put me on the spot, like I don't like putting you on the spot. No, but... no, I like you. I, I think I'm going to make fun of me social media laughing. I'm trying to put up a team war on Google. Like, all <laughs> no, but, but I have to, I think it's, it's, it's like people do sort of give Higgins a bit of stick for, for you know, sticking with it, to not, not changing and in game tactically and, and, and positionally and stuff like that, too. We had, as you mentioned, Sam Tall was excellent playing alongside Mark, but you had Majana on the on left back, kind of. He, he, he needed that because you had Hartman on that side as well too and you had uh, Mali as well he was coming over to the right side so basically they probably had that in mind but you sort of lose going, the attacking threat that Ben might offer too you know that sort of regard well, it's going to be at times you know you, you have courses to, for courses exactly, you say. have to pick your team you know what I mean who you're playing and you probably looked at the highlights of, of Bowes and, and, and Sligo now, I and mean, were getting like Hartman scored a wonder goal, although I stand mm. by and missed it when they bit four or five, but nobody put a tackle. But he still, the two wide men were where they were getting at it, and it was big cross field ball where Pinecker was hitting cross. Right. So I think that's a case where Ben, no disrespect at times, might be caught a few times with a ball where he's top. He's mm. great going forward. Defensively, there, uh, defensively, he could be caught maybe a few times. He's got back and all that, but that's why you McJanet, as there were no cross field no. basketting over the back end, which was things he got. And to say Sam came on, it's just you know, mag enough to be fair when he came on. Definitely his energy right. getting in the box. Really, really too. Well. I felt like well, right, energy wise. It's, it's one of them where you get in the both of them now. They're going to get a run, uh, and it's big games. These mm. are big. Games. These are going to a fat patch and the superb. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, thought he had even Drahada. I know he has his critics too. Like, no, but I, I thought it was superb because I think he went then even the other night. He went then and as a number six mm. from playing as the number ten, he dropped back and let Mag enough go the boy uh. for it to come and really. And I think it was the last month again. He was running back and running headers. No, he's just like he is completely a different player from we all says last year. What was going on with him? He got the pain killing injection, mm. and he hasn't looked back since probably July of last year. The yeah, European run. Uh, he's been really, really good. And long may that continue. Obviously, look, there is going to be changes. You know, you've, Daniel Kelly has to get more minutes. Daniel's obviously been you know, missed a bit of preseason with back in. Uh, I know he was struggling a wee bit with a flu last week, uh, so you, you've got him to begin back on. Paul McMullen, it's just just hasn't had it yet. You know, no. a few times he's got it's the bye. Frustrating first and half, wasn't it? I mean, he hasn't got crosses where you were thinking last year because that's what everybody was saying. You saying Pat Hogan, oh McMullen's just going to whop it on there, you right. go Pat. But he hasn't got that sort of connection yet. But look, Never again, come. it's two matches and mm. everyone needs to calm down a bit. Right. Right, definitely. But but it was it was kind of frustrating that yeah. that side, that right hand side in the in the first half, there is right hand side. There was very little, you know, going forward. But a lot of it was down they they slaggled too, I suppose. But uh, they impressed me. Uh, fair. They are like they're a good they're a good side, and they've got good options too There's from a lot from of the bench now. Last year, Crawley mm. in the midfield, no disrespect to Crawley, right. he couldn't get about the pitch. He's now out of Chapman. Well, he was decent. Mm-hmm. You had the power in one wing, Hartman, and then you had Mata. That's they'll be hard to beat at home, particularly like they're they're decent, like and, yeah. and they proved mm-hmm. it down at Bowes the week before. Definitely. Um, so any like we've a, a, an interview, Kevin, Kevin interviewed Michael uh, Doherty from the, the goalkeeping coach. He's just been appointed. Uh, big role there for 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 Derry. Like um, um, so, we've got a, an interview with 
with Michael um, coming up. But there was other other questions there, wasn't there, Kev, in terms of... The big one was the the away fan ticket allocation. I know people, I know you've been speaking to Bert, and look, that is one of them things where this season's going to be horses for courses again. It's trying Mm. to speak to each club. Can you work with us here? We're trying to build a stand, yada, yada. You got a wee bit of an update from Bert today regarding some pats this week? Yeah. Well, well, that's. I think they've reached an agreement with with the FAA because the FAA were on their backs. I think don't think anybody was too happy with the seventy five tickets for Drogheda. So, they they were aware of that. Now, the, the thing is, the ten percent allocation for away uh, fans just couldn't happen without taking seats away from season ticket holders. So there had to be a wee bit of give and take here. Um, you know that there's there's they're trying to improve the the, the brand well. well that's, so that's the, the bottom to, line. Yeah, you're trying to improve the league. You're trying to improve the brand of. No disrespect to other clubs, but when you're uh, you've been to away grounds, mm. there's quite a few <laughs> that uh you don't have shelter. Name if you're down as a child, <laughs> Shelburne springs to mind straight away. Springs away. Uh even Slego's view isn't the best if you're down over that side, you know, no. you can't see the iron in the pits, there's stewards in front of you. A few mates were telling me that there were stewards standing in front of them. There were obvious reasons why there were stewards standing in front of them. When there was a, uh, a few well, not talk about flares this week, will we? Exactly. Uh so it's 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 same type of things where you're sort of thinking, I know what the FAI is saying, I get what they're saying, ten percent, every club bought under the participation agreement, I get all that. But you have to sort of each each club should be helping each other out here. If you're trying to develop your ground or develop the actual product yeah. on the pitch and off the pitch for the spectators to come on, then every team should be every club in my opinion should be trying to help each other and say, right. Okay, we know we can't give a ten percent, but can you give a set? So, but I sounded that that's what mm. Derry may have done with the FAA and some pats, and yeah. maybe it'll change for other clubs or whatever. But at least he's dealt with the FAA, which is a good thing. Well, that's it, and you have to set up president too. But it's it's the the fact when Shamrock Rovers were, were putting that fourth stand on, they they had enough to accommodate well, everybody exactly, anyway, yes, so exactly. they didn't have that issue. Maybe with the brand well, there just doesn't. There's that such a demand for season tickets, even when that those two blocks A and B and Southampton Park stand are up and running, uh, operational. There's still a big demand. They're turning people away. Turning so exactly. this is what they're doing the work for. Uh, now, now Baird was was saying that they've had meetings with FAA. They've been in talks. They've reached out to like again to talk about forward thinking. They reached out to the clubs that are they come up in the next few weeks as well, like so Waterford and Galways and. Uh, and Rovers even two bows, so they've been in touch with those. They try and negotiate and, and see what what kind of crowds they'll be getting, what what the need is for the tickets for those as well too. But uh, it's a hundred and ninety tickets that have been made available for um, the St Pat's fans on Friday night. Now the difficulty is here. There's the huge demand for that because. There's a there's a big game on Celtic Park on Saturday involving the Dubs as well. So they're sort of saying, well, make a weekend. So that that's basically probably why there's such a demand there. Overnight stay, Friday night, watch Tats, and then go and watch Dublin Derry on the Saturday. Maybe maybe they'll have an absolute disaster for weekend. We are hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the the, the, see, the thing is with the 190, the the whole South End Park stand, obviously A and B. They're still the seats aren't there, so they're they're out of bounds for the foreseeable. The whole the rest of the stand, the, the, the away fans were accommodating an M, wasn't it? Uh, the Johara fans. Yeah. That whole stand now is going to be Derry City fans, so that's for the the, the home end. Uh, those people who maybe got tickets for the terrace at times, they probably will be seated over at the South End Park or being sold in allocation for I think maybe 
80 tickets in total on general sale then and around the 80 mark so there will be limited tickets available online uh for on general sale um keep an eye out on the dairy city website and on socials as well too for for confirmation of exactly how many tickets are available and how to get them and where they're going to be located as well um but because there's a lot of people uh and the the conversation here obviously pats and obviously pulse security as well too who are going to have to police it uh so the talk about entering under the ground they're probably going to be some past fans are all going to be over at the Lowmore Road end, like the terrace part. So, yeah. but that is also going to be segregated that terrace part. So you'll probably have dairy fans towards the merchandise shop the end, and then the, the past the fans on the other side of beside the Mark Farr stand. Yeah. So that's all going to be that that'll all be put in place this week. There'll be lots of talks and pulse will be, be sorting that out as well too. There will be a small allocation of past fans, dignitaries and uh, officials and, and elderly supporters and stuff, uh, disabled fans and part of the Mark Farn seating area as well too. I think about 30 tickets there for those. So that's going to be uh, designated by the by Pats, yeah, I, I assume. Like, but, so it's 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 there's a 190. I would, I would assume that the, having would come to that number, the 190 fans will be turning up as well from Pat. So it's going to be it's a, de- a decent turnout, like, and it's not 10 percent, but they should be happy with that. And well, it's, be... exactly, and it's as I say, it's live and RTE. It's going to be a big, a big, big game for both teams. Pat's will be looking to bounce back, obviously, and and Derry will be looking to keep the unbeaten run going, and because they're at home, they'll be looking for a victory. Uh, but I know you look as I said to you before. I think the FAI, Derry City, and all the clubs, and it doesn't matter if this is with Bohemians, if this was at Sligo, they should all try and help each other and work each mm. other and say, look, give us six months, give us you know a bit of breathing space. We're trying to enhance the the product, enhance the ground, enhance everything. So, so I think you know clubs have to be you know be big boys here and just right. sort of say, right, we'll try and work with each other. And as I say, if this happens in Next year at Sligo and Derry have to accommodate and work with them. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion. They should all try and work with each other. But look, I think if somebody famously says, you know, this is the same, same clubs that would also wipe a football if they could in the warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that saying, I'm not talking laughing. It's a fair shout there, to be fair. But no, hopefully it'll be a wee bit more, you know, everybody trying to think in the yard and helping right, each other. Because it, as you say, it's, it's like you're improving the match night experience for away fans as well when that terrace is up and running. Like So, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot better visiting the Brandywell from next season on, like, you know, or that's hopefully the second part of the season, like, onwards. Like, so, um, as I say, just keep an eye out on this, on social media and, and there I'll be, no doubt, putting, putting uh, confirmation of that up. Uh as soon as possible, probably before this is this is goes to air anyway. So, um, well, I suppose uh, we could we can go to, to Michael Dock because yeah. uh, you know it's it's a very popular appointment. Obviously, he's ready to put the groundwork on. And, and I read your interview; like it was uh, you know very. And definitely knows he knows the club. He's delighted to be here, Kev. Like so, I, I, you want to just lead on to? I well, I, I met him just last week, as we'll see. We we had it then and. He's moved up here and everything, like so. He's he's definitely ready to rock and roll. And he's 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 taking the job. He knows what's what's here, and he knows what the talent is here, and then the coaching structure. So, well, listen to Doc here now, and then we'll have a wee chat.
Well, Michael, obviously you come in a couple of years ago now and you're well settled, but coming into a full-time academy and the first-team coaching role, it's a big, big job for you. Yeah, it's a big job, but um, it's a job that needs done. I think we've got a, a really, really strong academy set up, especially in the goalkeeping department. Um, it does need a little bit of structure and a little bit of guidance, but there's some really top-end goalkeeping coaches with the academy. And again, it's not about me coming in and and fixing things as such. It's about me just creating a little bit of a structure and letting those boys go and do what they're good at, and that's coach academy goalkeepers. Well, you know yourself, in any sort of football structure at, at, at the elite level, the whole thing is to just have everybody playing the same way as the first team. So when you come in the first team, it's not a big shock. I'm assuming that's some of the goalkeepers. It is, yeah. I mean, we're very fortunate to have the group of senior and first team goalkeepers that we have and Brian and Tag. And, you know, to have them as a as a profile of a goalkeeper as such to, to work from. I mean, our young goalkeepers look at them in awe and quite rightly so. But their attributes and their characteristics on and off the pitch um, are the perfect model, in my opinion. So what I'm what I'm wanting to do is, you know, can we get all of our goalkeepers playing the Derry City way? If that's such a thing in terms of goalkeeping, you know, can we look at a Bram Maher and a Tag Ryan and say, yep, you know, they're the top of the tree right now, but you're actually not that far away as a 16-year-old, as a 17, as an 18-year-old. Um and certainly early steps, um, that's what we've done. We've implemented a couple of those academy goalkeepers into the first team structure. You know, I think a great way of learning for them is to be in and around the senior boys, um, training with them, studying them, watching them, watching the tape back, getting advice from them as well as me. Um, that's a really, really exciting project. But these these young goalkeepers do need help and guidance. You know, natural ability only gets you so far. Um and what I want to do is create a really strong um, pathway for our academy goalkeepers to say there is a way into the first team and this is what I need to do to help me get there. And as a case too, where you know yourself, the club, every club in Ireland, no matter if you're Shamrock Rovers, Lumfield, Derry City, it's about producing your own too. And, you know, you coming on now, it's the first time Derry City have done this. They, they get a, a, a qualified goalkeeper coming in and being the academy, running the academy for, for the goalkeepers. It's a big step too. It is, and there's a lot of work to be done. Listen, we're not going to get there overnight. It is a you know, a, a long-term project, and we've set you know, short, medium, and long-term goals and objectives. So we're not silly to think that you know, next week or next month we're going to have a, a ready-made number one available. Um, but that being said, we're very fortunate to have, firstly, very talented young goalkeepers, they add to that. They're local boys. They're Derry City fans. You know, I think back to myself as a, as a young goalkeeper. Um, being a Glen Torn and being a Glen Torn fan was a dream. Um, and then getting to work with first team goalkeepers like of Alan Goff and Neil Armstrong and Wayne Russell, that was a, an unbelievable education for me, and certainly helped me. Um, and for these young boys, I, I fully expected to be the same. Um, so yeah, again, big project, big. Big aims and ambitions, but I have no doubt that we'll, we'll get there. Your point of view was a big step too. You're talking about big plans, big step. You had a full-time job, obviously. Nothing, <clears> stuff <throat> like that, you know, when you were doing the dairy first team. It's a big step for yourself too. So you, it just proves your dedication and you, you, how much you're looking forward to it. Yeah, listen, I, I don't believe in, you know, doing something sort of 50%. You know, yeah, I was in last year part-time. 
uh, it didn't quite turn out to be part time. And you know, I'd done a lot of extra work on it, but listen, that's it. job. you know, I'm very, very lucky to be here in terms of the, you know, the Niffle Elite Scholarship Program. Um, I've been there six years. I'll I'll still continue to manage parts of that. Um, I've implemented two really good goalkeeping coaches to kind of take that on whenever the time is right. Um, recruitment numbers of that in terms of goalkeepers have been through the roof. So we're doing something right. But in terms of Derry and Derry City, um, one of the most logical steps for me was to kind of move up here. You know, I think there's a lot of work that can be done off the pitch. I do spend a lot of time with the goalkeepers. We watch a lot of video, even socially. We'll, we'll go for a coffee and discuss things. Um, and we have a really good relationship with each other. But, you know, given your other sort of commitments, sometimes it wasn't that easy. And you were maybe having to, to shoot off a little bit earlier and you couldn't maybe give them the time that you wanted to. They were very understanding of that. But now with, as I said, this kind of relocation involved in the full-time role, um, I'll be spending a lot more time with not just the first team, but all the academy coaches and the academy goalkeepers. That's just about the same. Assuming you've met the academy coaches and, and, and obviously the academy goalkeepers and given them sort of, this is the plans for the future. Yeah, I mean, we, we started speaking with um, the academy goalkeeping staff, you know, very late on last year, way before the end of the season. Um, we started to kind of build profiles of of goalkeepers that we already had, you know, looked at who else was out there. Um, and to be fair, we, we didn't really need to do any recruitment, which says a lot about the academy group. Um, and then in terms of where we went from there, again, it was very collaborative. Yes, I led it and I, and I give my opinion in terms of, you know, my, my previous job with the IFA, the club NI and obviously the NIFL uh, elite scholarship. So I have a lot of experience in that. And again, with time with Rangers and working with elite level goalkeepers, youth level goalkeepers. So I kind of brought what I had to the table. Absolutely. Those guys did as well. Um, I had a very close relationship with Eugene Ferry last year um, where he would have come in, assisted me with the first team. He would have taken first team sessions by himself. Um, So there's total trust in him and and his ability as a coach. And that's what I want to kind of build is it's not in any way, shape or form about me. It's not about Michael Doherty. It's about a group of Derry City goalkeeping coaches and goalkeepers that are working together to improve. And the club, you can see yourself... The announcement there last week of the the stadium now starting up, you can see that the the club's going on the up like. Oh, I mean, again, reminiscent about you know a packed Brandywell, and we have spoken before about Satanta Cup games when I played there, um, and you still you still remember it, um, and it, certainly the games last season with the European games and um, the atmosphere was electric, and you know there's no doubt if we can get more people in. That's only going to benefit the team. So, um, and this, the, you know, the scrambling for tickets week week after week, you can see that fans want in the door. So it's a logical step. I know it's not easy. It's going to take time and money um, and a lot of work to get there. But if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And you know, again, hopefully that benefits us massively. Well, that's about to say. You know, you're just talking about the club is on the up and up. You're in the round the first team. Uh, the season's just beginning. Uh, obviously, it's just a case now of ticking it on and trying to go that next step. I know the manager's alluded to the title, but he's aiming for two, and that's where you want to be. You want to be aiming for the, the stars. I think, first of all, you've got to you've got to be realistic, and there's a lot of top teams in this league. I think it's going to be the most competitive league of Ireland um, Premier Division in years. Everyone's going to have that ambition, and quite rightly so. A lot of other clubs have heavily invested. So it's not going to be easy. Um, for me, it comes down to 
individual and personal objectives as well. You know, what do you want to get out of it? We could all say we want to win a league. How are we going to win a league? How are we going to get there individually? That helps the, the collective. And certainly from a goalkeeping department, we, we set objectives out every day in training. What do we want to get out of this? How does it make it make us better? How does it prepare us best for the next game? And the old cliche of one game at a time, it, it has to be like that. Um, it's a long, long, tough season. Loads of twists and turns as we've seen last year. But, you know, whoever comes out on top will fully deserve it. Well, obviously, you know, he won goalkeeper of the year last year, Brian. Alan Manis is retired. He's sort of the man that everybody sort of looks at now as, as Brian. Yeah, you know, I, I looked at Brian when he came in and he was a big pull for me wanting to come to the club to work with him. Um, got all the accolades, quite rightly so, in terms of his performances. Um, you know, how he conducts himself on and off the pitch. But again, the group of goalkeepers, I keep going back to the group, Ty Graham was exceptional. Ty Graham was a huge, huge part in Bram Maher winning, you know, personal accolades this season and the team being successful. You know, Tag played one competitive game. Every single day, on the training pitch, off the pitch, in and around Brian, in and around the boys in the change room, he was exceptional. And listen, ask every goalkeeping coach in, in the country and they'll tell you they're delighted with their goalkeeping group. You know, I'm I'm happy with mine. That's all I'm saying is I wouldn't swap either of them for anyone else. And the big question is, can we keep Brian for longer with uh, you know contract talks and whatever else is going on with him? But you see, he's fully focused. Is that what you would say at the moment? He's, he's always been fully focused. I mean, things like that. If Brian wanted to talk about some personally or privately and wanted advice, he knows he can come to me. Um, we have a really good relationship, as I said, and there's a there's a line in it that he knows the coach and friendship rules sometimes will will flip, but we've never spoke about it. I don't think we've we've needed to. You know, I had no doubt in my mind that Brian would be fully focused back first day of pre-season, ready to go, as were all the goalkeepers. Um, and I don't see that changing. I honestly don't. You know, there's nothing that's that's jumping out at me to say that Brian Maher's not going to be at Derry City. Ty Grant's not going to be at Derry City. These young academy goalkeepers aren't going to um, have aims and goals to go and play for Derry City first team. And that's, you know, again, that's that's down to the collective. You know, I'll I'll put things in place. These guys are the ones doing the work day to day and, and seeing it through. Well, there you are, Simon. As I say, he's definitely passionate. He he's really. I think it blew me away when I was chatting. Was it's not just where he's talking about Brian and Tag. Right. He's also talking about all the young keepers. He's talking about the coaching staff behind the scenes, as in the mentioned Studsy and all that. That his his sort of plan long term would be if, for instance, he's got the flu, he can't make it to tuning. Well, the under seventeen coach can come up and take the session with Brian Barr and with Tag Ryan and with young Evan Ovendale, which we'll talk about too. Mm. Where them boys. Are doing exactly the same as what the seventeens, the first teams doing. That's exactly. You know, that's joined up thinking. Exactly. When you come on, you're ready, rock and roll. Sometimes that hasn't been the case. The first team manager and the first team players and the mm. squad, the goalkeepers, just worried about the first team. And then when you come on from the reserves, and anything right. you were just brought in, you don't know. What to go. So that's what they sort of thinking. But well, that's that was the overall like theory involved with academy in general. Was yeah. that like you know, so you're just sort of you're able to slot these guys exactly. in and out whenever needed. I, I don't know. 
just like his attention to detail was mm. frightening. Like it was so many stuff where he looked at young Evan Owendale and trying to they, they bring him in where he used all his contacts and then he went through things that you have to look at, which I know we sort of we think that they do this, but it's a ball to left foot, a ball to right foot, what's his distribution, what's his shot stop and what's his command in his box, what experience does he have, what levels he played at. And then we find that you sort of go, do they do that? What's he like on social media? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so look, at all these things, look at the background, <laughs> see what's going on, speak to, obviously, his, his clubs, the managers, the goalkeeping coaches there, but all these things. So, Doc had a list of goalkeepers that he went through where we need to bring somebody else in and Evan Owendale was the man that sort of sort of ticked all the boxes and, and, and they brought him in and looked at him and by all accounts he's been second in London pre-season training and all that type of thing. Uh, we haven't seen him yet mm. playing wise but uh, apparently he's definitely a top drawer and they've, they've got a good one there. And plus, Doc, it's a long-term deal. He's saying right. like it's the first time the club have appointed someone like this. I know that Rory Higgins went for him. You know, whenever he was replacing Declan McIntyre, he went stood for Doc, and that was the first phone call he made. They yeah, sat down. Good reputation, both of them were, were happy. And Brian and Ty Ryan seemed to, you know, you seen last year, Brian improved so right. much. Well, I, I, I like that. Year. I noticed that in your, in your piece there, too. And, uh, you know, what it gives Ty a lot of credit uh, for. for Brian's improvements, like you know, so it's, and you suppose you need that pushing as well too. And and we seen pre season, he's ready to come on whenever needed. Well, this is that, like, and, that, and that's the thing. And people sort of, you know, as he mentioned, he only played like one game, two games last year, tag. But it was he made Brian to be at it every day yeah. and in the training. And even see, we've seen ourselves some of the clubs that he sends us, and you see the sessions. Long gone that age, you just say, right, shoot, <laughs> cross. They were like, bring me up and brought them, and they were just, it right. was just instinct and all this. And it's just, it's definitely just taking the, the goalkeeping department to new levels. And mm. because it's long term, it's full time, it's up here. Uh, he, he traveled to Belfast maybe one, one or two days a week, maybe after a game on a Friday, he might go home Saturday, Sunday, and then come down Monday morning, see then the rest of the week, or vice versa, but on the Sunday. So, no, he's. He's definitely long-term thinking of what way the club should be going, and he's really excited about the appointment and just can't really properly get it going. As I say, he mm. spoke to all the academy goalkeeping coaches' parents. He's also spoke to the academy goalkeeping uh, coaches, and it's uh, look, it's it's definitely exciting times. But like anything, it's going to take time before yeah. anybody is brought on. He seems a good, a good character too around the place too. You know, I, I remember if we were at the start of the season that the team photographs were, were everybody was was sort of coming out and uh, all the players like all one by one maybe out in twos and threes and and he came out to uh, all the assembled presses lads. You know, uh, I have to tell you, Brian's not going to be out. <laughs> you know, just they continue the the whole crack about Brian going to Shamrock Rovers and elsewhere. Like so, you could. He, he had a good laugh himself at that. Chuckled and, and ran back under the <laughs> under the ground. But and lo and behold, Brian came out. But well, he knew the crack because uh, I was ch- I was chatting him about Brian and, and missing the photo shoot as we all know. We didn't make right. it because of uh, personal reasons. Hmm. But that was that he was gone. Like and and Doc was laughing and joking with that, saying, "Oh, I so you're telling oh, me." Oh, he wound us up. We looked around. We were sort of looking at each other. We were we were jaws on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a wind up too. Yeah, he is definitely. But no, great. There was it was a great photograph of them all together too, in the in the lovely pink shirts as well too. The goalkeepers like that's all, some unit. Thing. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean they, 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 that was a big thing he wanted to emphasize. While yes, it's him coming in, it's him in the, in the position. He also wanted to make sure that it was about all the coaches and about all the keepers, not just tag Brian and Evan. It's, it's all them. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's the way he wants it. He wants it to everybody to be buying under the whole situation that Derry City's a club that they want to play for. He mentions when he was a Glen Thorn, I was a Glen Thorn fan all his life when he got a chance to play for them. It was unbelievable. Because I know the same situation here and there. I've seen it for the last couple of years. Uh, so, no, it's, it's definitely one for the future, and I think it's a great appointment for Derry. Super. Excellent. Well, again, like a, everything just seems to be going on. Uh, you know, on a good trajectory, like you know, all around the club, like you know, everybody's sort of pulling in the one direction now, which is fantastic. We just need big one on Friday and then another big one on Monday, <laughs> and then and then, <laughs> and then everybody back in Madrid, and then maybe Richie Tong will be right for having the trophy. 100 percent by me. But um, I will pats pats. We'll, we'll we'll take them obviously individually because they're two massive games. Pats uh, at home. No, they haven't got off to the, the, the great well, they got off the great start with a big one on Poway, but yeah. then um you know, and it's always gonna be difficult down there. Then fast forward a week, uh Bowes match like uh, I've seen the highlights, I didn't see the, 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 the full game, like you know, uh, like, I've, the game I've seen some game. of the the, the unsavory incidents. Yeah, we've seen highlights and then we also seen if you say the unsavory incidents that look you know, we have to allude there too, like it's mm. not what you want and uh, I see Bowes have been disciplined and their next away game, there'll be no away fans. But you're not a big fan of that no, sort of. I don't, I don't. I don't think it's right. I think it's unfair and Andrade. That's who their next away game right. is. If you really want to punish Bohemians, and now don't get me wrong, a lot of Bohemians fans are dedicated. They're not mm. and they on all that madness because it was madness right. when you're throwing flares at your own players. That's just idiotic, let alone madness. So if you're going to punish them, in my opinion, you do the home game. Right. So this Friday night. I don't know, I think it's corporate whoever or the docks or whoever they're playing this Friday. The away fans should get on and the way and the home fans shouldn't. That right. can punish them. And that then you're gonna, you're gonna then get the, the, the majority of fans that are big boat fans are saying these boys, no, mm. we're not having this. And I know they're saying they were I was a protest in the FEA and all that. You, you had them on the pocket rather than the Exactly. You know, not rather than having Draw it on the pocket. The pocket you, know, you know how much an impact does those travelling fans exactly. have and uh, uh, Hoggy Dory Park, Weavers Park, Weavers Park. <laughs> whatever it is this week. But you know what I mean? Like you're right, I agree with you in that stance like it should be. They should have them in the pocket and, and then, then they'll enforce it more. Like if they can enforce it, because obviously the clubs do try try their best to enforce and, it. Sometimes you just can't. No, and Deggy Devine was right, Deggy says I'm not gonna go and criticize my own support and he's right because to be fair, it's everywhere. You know, this this is not just Bohemians. It was Bohemians thrown at their own own players. That that was uh, definitely a first I have to admit. <laughs> Derry City had it on Friday night mm-hmm. down at Sligo they were down with the flares to the away fans they know. weren't throwing them at, at no, ball but... patching the rolling boys but yeah you know it, 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 it is a lot of teams have this problem and it's something the FAA have to try and stamp out I don't know if doing it to the away fans and the way they're doing it to the, the Bohemians I don't know if it'll have much of an impact it's more an impact in John and mapping. but on the field as we alluded to mm. It's a massive one for both. Absolutely massive. And playing, you know, Jordan Flores got the one on goal. Funny is excellent. He played left sided mm. centre half, mm. you know, because they're down so many. They signed four or five defenders in the, in the transfer one, they just shutting Flores there. So he did one. Played like a Rose Royce by all accounts, scored a lovely penalty. 
and the thing was significant, they all ran the both bench over the decade, over the whole bench was at a together to say, you know, you're all slagging it. Because everybody's talking about both, they're all talking about Deggies under pressure and they didn't get the result against Slego and all this. So that was a big result. From John Daly's point of view, it's not what you wanted. You know, of course you don't want to lose your second game, particularly your first home game mm. of the season. But look, we keep going back to it. Long way to go. Uh, but you don't want to be so early. Like he he doesn't want to come to Brandywell and suffer two defeats, you know, two yeah. in the bounce is suddenly, like, oh hold on, man, we've Brandon Ronan Keaton, we've run on Brandon Cameron King, you know, there's a lot of players you've run. They've also lost a lot of players. Young mm. Sam Curtis was on the bench for Sheffield United there, uh, in the Premier League there yesterday uh, against mm. Wolves. So it just tells you they've lost talent. They they brought in talent too, but as I alluded to before, getting that talent to jail so quickly and early on is going to be difficult. It might benefit Derry in this point of view. Mm, well, hopefully so. Like you know, and, and you mentioned Keaton. Derry were 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 monitoring his situation as well too. You know, when they were looking for a striker and. Um, if we were led to believe that that's right, Mata the week before we were facing him, they were obviously making inquiries about him last year when they were looking for, for a striker. I'd rather have pad him myself. Not just I, saying I, listen, that. I, we're not but, saying it because you know, that's who you have. But, uh, if you're asking for the. You of know, course, yeah, he, he's, he's proven the goal scorer, but, yeah. but we'll, we'll see what he brings to the, the party on Friday night, you know. But we've obviously got Brandon Kavanagh and Keane Kavanagh who have made two substitute appearances in their opening two games, so they haven't really nailed down that starting uh birth either like, since they've since they've got there. But we all know what Brandon has yeah. specifically, like so they'll be eager to come up and and, and prove a point, I suppose. So, hey, basically that that's exactly mm. it. Uh that's gonna be tight, there's no doubt about it. It's gonna be a tough tough game for Derry. Particularly the midfield free now have to step up. Adam O'Reilly should be champion at the butt. You know, he got his first start coming off the bench sorry. Mag enough now. The, the two of them in particular who may have felt mm, right now, maybe down the pecking order mm. with Diallo, Dummigan, Fats, Patchin. Now it's suddenly we're the two main men now. We have to, mm. you know, prove it. Keep the shirt when Fats and Dummigan's back and Diallo's back. We're still playing well enough to stay in the team. And these are the games you need to do it. Big games and a, and a packed out brand mm. He's also played McMullen on their pre-season like too, so you can played tuck inside. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does line up. But I, I think I wouldn't. I think that's a decent uh, line up. Air patching, as you mentioned, patching can can drop down there under under the six as well too. Yeah. So it has options there. Like, but it's it's a it's a huge game. Uh, I think you don't look ahead to the Rovers game just we yet. Sure we will. Uh, so so I think you have to win this one. I mean, you go down Monday night to Tala and you come away with a point there and I'd be well happy with that story, would you? Wait, listen, <laughs> if somebody tell me now you're getting four points over your next few matches, hand and all, as they would say, I'll pick. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult. There's definitely you know, two big games. Uh, I'll let you have your first prediction for Friday night and I suppose then I'll do the Monday night first. So Friday uh, night, some pats. That's what good. Are you going with? Well, I, I, I think... Th- like obviously, the injuries aren't helping the the performance and slag. We're gonna have to pick it up. But but at home against Drogheda, we we showed in the first half. You know where they they were on it. Like and you know I think I think we'll we'll beat Pats. I do think we'll beat them. Like uh, Pats again, they're coming up. But I want that animal as well too. But no, I I do think we'll have enough on the pitch there. They they I think Hoven back in front of the home support again too might. Mike, come on, as you said earlier on, Daniel Kelly, we back closer to full fitness as well too. I would, I would potentially start him as well too, and I think you can get at them, especially down their right hand side as well too. I think there's a wee bit of a, 
a weakness there. Like, but um, I'm going to go long winded there. Lead up to this. I will. I can also be talking about Phil Hart next year. Pretty all day. Pretty all day, right? Well, I'll not be anywhere near long winded as that. I'm just going to go one all day. I think it's going to be tight. I think both teams will try and cancel each other out. And if you get the a chance. Well, I'm hoping the main man, Mr. Hooban, takes that chance if he mm. get it. And I'm going for a 1-0 Derry victory. Then it's on to Tala. And look, Tala's very difficult to try and predict because we don't know what teams are going to be involved. We don't know what, what players are going to be involved because obviously the friendly mm. games. Having seen Rovers' highlights and, 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 and watched them, the, the Shelburne game, they played okay against Shamrock, or against Dundalk in the opening night. Dundalk had chances to go 2-0 up, hit the post, could have went 2-0 up. This week, they were blown away in the first half an hour uh, against Shelburne. Shelburne went at them, mm. pressed up high, and at them. But defensively, Rovers were very poor. Like, I know people are talking about great ball by Connor Hayne, knocking it out long, and uh, Jarvis brought her down like a wonder touch. I know Duff was talking about Berbatov, but he's like an awesome tune. It was a wonder touch, got away, lovely side foot finish. But I'm a wee bit old school and I'm going, no harm. They, I think it was Cleary and Sean Hoare. They just sort of gone ahead, run on there and stick in the net. It was awful defend. Mm. And to be fair, Stephen Bradley says it was like under 10s defend. So defensively, they're going to be, have to be on it. But when they got the ball down and they brought Graham Burke on, they look like a different animal. And they have so many points to get back on. Uh, Obviously, Mac and Uffin can kick the ball. Jack Byrne Lopez. Primary rush back. No, exactly. He and mm. the mother get the month off. But remember, the month ends... And uh, Mr. Lopez can be drafted <laughs> back in. Well, considering, areas. remember, he was missing in that six-game one this run too. Like, it was no coincidence. Yeah, like. Exactly. Like, so, no, I think Lopez will not be shocked if he's on. Mm. Uh, but, look, I think it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be a packed house down at Tala too that you stand. Mm. I, would, I would suspect they'll try and sell that out because it was a case of the, the President's Cup and the Dundalk game. They, they were sort of testing things out and whatever. But if they do get the full go ahead, I would suspect they're in and Rovers to be sold out. Live in Virgin Media too. It's going to be a big, big, big game. Big task for Derry, particularly at Tala. And only get the factory down there when we're going to go last year and stuff like that. By the way, I was just this is more long one. I know, I know what it is, it is, it is. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> talk myself on the Derry factory. <laughs> Read about Monday night. Are Monday you? Night. I, I mm. just, it just depends on the fitness we also... So many our midfielders are going to have to play every week. Uh, he wouldn't so mind much. a wee dumb again on there. Exactly. Uh, fats potentially. You know, it was a, a change. You know, mm. bringing all Adam O'Reilly and Jordan. We're going to have to play while the Rovers can just run on Graham Burkle. Or anything. Oh, that's what they can do. Us. So I'm saying they're already get a point down at Tala. But I'll not be shocked if it's a disappointing night. It's a polite way of putting it. Mm. It's very polite. Well, I, I think... I'm going to just keep these rose tinted glasses on. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, a long, old draw down there. Like, rose tinted and bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going in the back of what we see on Sligo. Yeah. But I think they've been, been sound defensively. Yeah. And if you keep Mark Conley fit, as, as, as you said, like you don't know what's happening on Friday night and, uh, and how, how they come through that. If they come through unscathed, if you want to risk Mark Conley, if he's carrying a knock, considering. Well, you're risking them. Yeah, at Rovers you have to, but I think if they keep that that, that back four together, like even we seen Todd on there and then McJanet, that could be. I know Ben that, that scored a great goal down in Tala last year. Um, 
so offensively or he kind of are sort of missing his attacking side of things but uh, you could probably go with the same back four that played against Sligo and that would keep it nice and tight well Ferruja's out for them Ferruja are exactly yeah Yeah, happy days (laughs) but so so it's just uh, there's a lot of permutations there's a lot of factors involved but I'm I'm going to go null null with that one and and that's a, a lovely wee weekend there what a weekend you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Mickey Hart be bit Dublin and, and, Sunday. And Stuart then, they bit. And well, Stuart then, they bit Sunday. And Stuart then, they bit Sunday then too. And, uh, and let me tell you folks, if you can get that four-timer up, give us a shout. <laughs> well, we'll leave on that very, very positive note there, folks. If you, uh, Just like this week, if you have any questions and you want to get in touch with either myself or Kevin on uh, on social media, uh, Kevin Mack at 1947, is that your, your, your birth? <laughs> 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 Kevin, Kevin Mack, seven. <laughs>